Hello, my name is Abigail Sapir, and welcome to the month of Tevet. According to Kabbalah, each month offers unique spiritual qualities and blessings that the entire month is governed by. Just as the weather fluctuates, so do the spiritual energies of the month. And when we tune into these frequencies, we are offered guidance and great opportunities for growth, healing, and transformation. So the Hebrew months in the Jewish calendar correspond to the rotation of the moon around the earth. The new moon is the start of each new Hebrew month. So right now we're approaching the full moon, and so we are well in the midst of Tevet. And I want to share with you the spiritual frequencies of Tevet. Now every month has an energy, a holiday, an astrological sign, a representation of a Hebrew letter, one of the 12 tribes, a divine permutation of God's name, an area of healing, etc. So this is what we're going to talk about in today's episode. And if you tune into the energy of each month, we really begin to see these patterns like an ebb and flow of the inward and outward cycles, like breathing. This is just the way that nature plays out. Some months have more constricted energies and other months have more expansive and flowing energies. So last month in Kislev, there was more of an expansive, creative energy vibrating all around us. And this month, again, we're feeling these birthing pains of constriction. We're feeling less protected. However, it may seem negative, but we already know there's often more growth in these constricted places. It's the most room for transformation. So Tevet is actually one of the three hard months of the years for the Jews. Um, the three months are Tevet, Tammuz, and Av. And each one of these months, we actually have a fast. It's a month of Deen and judgment. And we know that anything that's in darkness, if you do the right Tikkun, you can really transform it. So we learned last month in Kislev that the light found within the darkness is more powerful than light found within light. So even though this month is filled with um, more negative energies, we have much greater potential for growth and to fulfill this tikkun, which is ultimately what we're here to do on this earth. So the tikkun adin, as Alona Nava explains, is the rectification of the judgment. It's to transform it into something good. And the root of the word tevet comes from the word tov, which means good. Hatevet means to benefit. So right away we see that even though there's a lot of dark energy and challenges in tevet, it is all ultimately good. When something is extremely negative, we really can't judge it right away. It's so important to give it the opportunity to look at it in a new light. And this is how we transform it. And to take this step one further, I want to point out the word nachash, snake, has the same numerical value as Mashiach. So we again here see that ultimately what is good and real transformation will come from the lowest dark places. So Teva is is the darkest time of the year. And we actually, you know, we started off the month with the high vibrations of Kislave as um, we were able to be blessed with the last days of Hanukkah in Tevet. And, you know, Tevet encompasses a lower vibration, a darker energy. It's the coldest and darkest month of the year. Nonetheless, the last few days of Hanukkah fall out in Tevet, and this is such a beautiful blessing, and it really allows us to carry this light of Hanukkah throughout the month of Tevet. And the Hanukkah candles during these last few days, it actually infuses the entire month of Tevet. And I want to point out that many holidays actually fall out in the middle of the month, like during the full moon. But Hanukkah specifically falls out at the end of the month, of last month, and it continues into this month. 
And the last day of Hanukkah is actually known as Zot Hanukkah, meaning like this is Hanukkah. This is actually the day of Hanukkah when all the lights are shining bright. So we have this blessing to take us forward into this month and carry us through the darkness of Tevet. And if we really were blessed to tap into Zot Hanukkah, then we had a cleansing of our eyes with this light. And this light, we enter into Teve, it's like a cleansed holy way with this light. We're able to see the world and be seen. And that rectification really begins with gazing at the Hanukkah candles. So I hope you did this. If not, you can do it next year. Or you can, you know, light a candle today and gaze into it. So Teve is actually referring to the Ayin Tova. And we're going to talk about this more. First, I want to talk about that Teve is the 10th month of the year, when counting is the first month from Nisan. And we already had this fast, but the fast for for this month is the 10th of Tevet. And it's a communal fast that commemorates the day the king of Babylonia, Nebuchadnezzar, began to siege of the Jerusalem walls in the time of the first Abing Damigdash. And the siege lasted for three years until the walls were finally breached on the 9th of Tammuz. So there are actually two other fast days that we don't really know about, they're not talked about, that I read in this really cool book, that are more like individual fasts, like Great Sadiqim fast these days too. Um, and those also commemorate calamities which befell Israel. One is commemorates when the Torah was translated into the Greek, and the other one commemorates the death of Ezra and Nehemiah, who led Israel during the return from Babylonian captivity. And, you know, to some people, like, it might not be such a crazy thing to people of other religions and languages that the Torah got translated into another language. But to us, this was a great catastrophe because, you know, when things are translated, they really do get lost in translation. So it takes a really a great um, genius mind to be able to translate. And even, you know, when we're reading um, the Torah in English, it really... It's like, it's unfortunate. I mean, I think Israelis are so lucky to have Hebrew as their primary language because they can really understand it much deeper than when you're looking at the translation of it. So let's move into the divine permutation. And this is so cool that every month has, you know, the four letter name of God is represented in each month through a different permutation. So um, Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh actually divides into two parts. The yod hey represents the upper world and the mental body, and the Vav and hey represents the lower realms of the body, and that's from Eitzchayim. The Yod and the Vav are regarded as the masculine side, which is the chesed, the giving aspect, and then both of the Hays are the feminine attributes of deen, judgment, and the receiving end. There are 12 primary permutations of God's name, and each permutation represents a new month. So the permutation for Tevet is Hey Yod Hey Vav, H Y H V. Since the Hey is first in the both of these pairs of the upper and lower representation, that exemplifies to us that the feminine aspect of judgment and Dean is dominant this month. The Dean is actually just a contraction, which is needed in the birthing process of something new. It's a growing pain. But also, it's important to know that the Yod and the Vav are in the original proper order of these two pairs. The yud still remains a representation of the upper realms, and the vav is still in the lower realms. So this reveals to us that Tevet also has a quality of order in it, and I think we see this also in Capricorns. So the Zohar teaches that the domains of each month were divided between the energy of Jacob and Esav to govern each month. 
So Tevet falls under S. Asav's jurisdiction, uh, who constitutes Dean, judgment. So we have many signs pointing us to the aspect of Dean, judgment, that is significantly present in Tevet. Um, Asav's head, they actually say, like with, without his body, was, was buried in Marat um, um, and his head represents the great potential he had. And it's interesting that Rosh Chodesh Tavet, the new moon of Tavet, falls on the last days of Hanukkah. So like a really great secret lies here that ultimately the potential this month is high. So the Hebrew letter of the month is Ayin, and Ayin means I. So we know that an, uh, the I is associated with this month, and Ayin is also the first letter of Esav. And... So ayin, the top of the ayin are like two branches and they come down to meet each other on the bottom. So people say that this represents the two optic nerves as they come and enter the brain. See, our eyes don't really see. Our eyes are really just like a lens. Um, we see through the back of our head where the optical, at the optical nerve center. So, you know, this is like an imaginative and creative way to add meaning to the letter by seeing it this way. Tevet and Tammuz... Um, the harshest months are both connected to the eye because the sense of Tammuz um, is the eye, the actual eye, and Tavet, the letter of the month, is Ayin, which means eye. So we see this um, deep connection here also. The letter Ayin, it's, it's all about how we perceive and how we judge what we see. The letter of Ayin has the numerical value of 70. We see the connection here with the 70 nations of the world, which in itself represents the physicality of this world. So 70 is a way that we can exist within the place of constriction. We see the number 70 again, and the 70 who descended in Egypt from Yaakov's family. There were 70 of them total. And we actually, we read about this in Parsha Vayigash, one of the Torah portions read this month. So... Um, Many times in the Torah, it says that God looks or he sees. But these are not, you know, the physical eyes that we know. These are God's eyes. That's divine providence. God's eyes are always on the land of Israel. So here, too, Ayin represents God's providence in all of creation. And we have two eyes to see. Why don't we have just one? You know, we have one nose, one mouth. I heard this from Alona Nava, this cool idea. So the right eye is the chesed energy, which is meant to look inward into the self. And the left eye is gavura energy, judgment, which is meant to see outward. If we use our chesed eye to look inward, then we'll have less judgments on ourselves and on the outside world. So the more we look into ourselves as humble ourselves and do cheshbon and nefesh, which is an accounting of the soul, the less judgment we'll have on the outside world. So this month is all about the rectification and nullification of the evil eye. It's about developing an eye tov, a good eye, rather than an evil eye. And that's to see the good in everything and everyone. And this will help us immensely during this month. And this should be a clear goal for ourselves this month. Without an eye and tov, like people really become jealous, judgmental, haughty, all kinds of negative things that we don't really want in our lives. And when we judge others harshly, we're not really truly seeing that. We're only seeing like a shell, a klipa, a negativity around that person. So all destruction begins with the evil eye of hatred. From hatred comes anger, and anger, you know, leads to the dark side. And therefore, this month is really a time to work on overcoming jealousy 
and things like that that cause the evil eye. And when we have an evil eye on someone else, or jealousy it actually causes, you know, more negative forces for that person. So it's really important for us to see the good and look at everything through a lens of love. So the area of healing this month is anger. So not only do we have like a natural calm down from the light of Hanukkah, but the energy of Asaph that governs this month and also many historical calamities that occur in Tevet, it really makes perfect sense that emotion we're dealing with here is anger. It's also darker and colder. Um, we're more inward. We're hibernating. So it makes a lot of sense. So you might notice more feelings of anger coming up this month. Don't worry if you have. That means you're quite in tune. It's very natural in Tevet. But here we have an incredible opportunity to heal, to release, to let go of this anger, and to understand that everything that comes up is really for our growth. So in Melinda Ribner's book about the months, she shares about two kinds of anger. There's the anger that stems from the ego mind, and that's often rooted in inner child wounds. So Tevet's a really good time to do some guided inner child work to heal some of those wounds. So you can take this time to give yourself or your loved ones also extra hugs, non-conditional love, and maybe talk to one of your therapists about doing some inner child healing work, some guided stuff. And that should be super healing this month. The second kind of anger actually has a positive side to it. It's anger rooted in the soul. It's the kind of anger that awakens you and motivates you. It puts a fire under your butt. It inspires and empowers us to make these positive changes in our lives. So I thought that was really cool how she talks about the two different kinds of anger. The transformation begins with recognition. So often painful the process may be, but in the witnessing eye, we often receive the revelations. So we usually find ourselves angry and judge others for the things that we want to change about ourselves. The external reality is really just a mirror for our internal world that needs healing. So be aware of this and open-hearted to the way that we respond to these challenges. So I intend to express my anger that comes up in positive ways, like includes like somatic body movement, maybe I'm going to run more, I have to get more steam out, build the heat, um, I'm going to paint. So these are definitely ways that we can get it out. And, you know, when it's more cold outside, we, we tend to have less heat on the inside of our body. So in a way, like the anger like might come up to bring this heat into the body. But if we bring this heat through exercise and body movement and sweat and building of heat, that could help us release the anger before it takes over the body. So we can do these things beforehand, just extra practices this month to help with that. And anger that's pushed down and not dealt with can have really severe major negative effects on our body. Uh, it really needs to be looked at, examined, and then released. You know, by giving space to our feelings, we can understand what's needed and where it's coming from. Um, there's a beautiful song by an artist called Fia that I listened to, and the quote goes like this. Sit with your pain, cradle it close, then when you're ready, let it go. So I just love that you really do have to give space for your pain and to process it. And we're seeing, you know, right now there's like a ton of pain in the world. So we need to process these feelings. We need to hold them close. And then when we're ready, we need to just release them and let it go. So, you know, that's witnessing, observing, acknowledging that it's there, seeing where it's there, breathing into it and letting it go. You know, although anger is a negative thing, it's also a natural emotion that's it's really part of us. So, you know, just holding space for it and cradling it allows it to surface in nurturing ways and then allows it to pass through. 
moving on. It's really super easy to get mad at someone else for not nurturing us with what we want from them. But usually this indicates that we need to give more nurturing to ourselves. So yeah, I heard about this really cool story also about anger that basically like this this guy said to his Rebbe or his mentor, I keep getting so angry. Like, what should I do? Like, how do I how do I deal with this? And he said, okay, um, every time you get angry, go nail uh, a nail into a door, bang a nail into the door. So then he comes back a week later and he said, my door is filled with nails. And he said, okay, now every time you get angry, go just pull a nail out of the door. And he comes back, he says, my door is filled with holes now. And the rabbi said, yeah, your door is filled with holes. That's as a representation of how damaging anger could really be on the soul and how hard it is to rectify this. I know it's hard to hear because, you know, we want to feel, we don't want to feel that we're like doing this damage to our souls by getting angry, but it really is. So it's really something important to work on and look at and see how we can heal and transform. So here's some practical ways to overcome and transform anger. So with being aware and ready for possible outbreaks of anger, we're ready to act accordingly. Um, so it's really important not to respond too quickly without thinking. When we act too quickly, we're reactive. So try to process these negative emotions much slower this month. Give yourself some time to look at the situation from a different perspective. Make more of an effort to calm yourself and see the other side before impulsively reacting. And it's so easy just to react and yell. But like, if we're aware of this beforehand and that this month, like specifically the area of healing is anger, then when we're thinking about that um, ahead of time, then we really could begin to see ourselves acting more slowly and um, thinking about how, the way that we want to respond that's not going to be too hurtful for the other person, but it's also not going to hold our feelings back. So, you know, it's important to give ourselves space and time to process all the stresses that are coming through this month. The judgments, the anger, the frustrations, they're all stresses in the body. So if we give ourselves the proper time out of our busy schedules, we're bound to raise our vibrations and transform these negative emotions into something positively healing. So, you know, it's important to also give thanks to the moments of anger because we learn something from these moments and we recognize them as moments to deeply go inward you know, and see them as a great opportunity. And when we live in gratitude, we're just much more open for more blessings to come. We can work on cultivating patience. This is a big one. This is one of my words for 2024 is patience because it's just so important, you know, especially with your loved ones, with your children. So make a big effort to breathe through frustrations that may bring about a lack of patience. You can make a extra effort to speak in a softer tone, at least that when you do get angry, you're less likely to yell um, because we naturally raise our voice when we're angry. So if we start softer, then, you know, maybe when we're ain't really angry, we'll just be regular. And when we speak softer to others, you know, we, there's more respect in the relationship and we each tend to react much less and a lot of fights can be diffused this way. So that's really important. It's less about what we say and more about our tone of voice. So really um, practice tone this month also. Let's get out of victim mode. This helps no one. It makes it really hard to move forward in one's life. So that's a big one too. And work hard to judge less and see the good in others. Whatever we see in others will be reflected back to us in our own lives. 
Um, we could do a lot of breath work this month. That can really help calm the nervous system and allow us to react more calmly and to also recognize things for what they are. While we breathe, we can also visualize ourselves becoming more calm, visualize where the anger, the stress is in the body, and then release it, breathe into that, and release it from the body. Another recommendation is to let go of the need to be right. Um, This is a tricky one, especially when you believe that with all your might that you are right. But this month is a time to heal relationships that have anger tangled up in them. So letting go of this resentment and the need to be right or having the last word can really help forgive, heal, and create more mutual respect and love in, in the relationship. And this is ultimately what we want. Why do we really care to be right? What we really want deep inside is to have like a loving relationship with the people that we love. Another important thing to not get angry is to focus on what we have rather than what we do not have. When we focus too much on what we lack, it's much easier to become angry and irritated. So those are just some practical recommendations. And so the astrological sign of the month of Tevet is Capricorn, which is connected to the element of Earth. They say it's not easy to be Capricorn, and yikes, I have two Capricorn sons, but there's also lots of good things about Capricorns. And the Earth represents physicality. This month, our attentions and efforts should really be directed into our physical world, our malchut, our our kingdom. And I think we have an opportunity to nurture and connect with our earthly earthly realm. So we should nurture our bodies and the earth elements within us. So each month has one of the 12 tribes of Israel that's associated with the forces of each month. The story of each tribe allows us to tap deeper into the month and gives us the ability to transform. So the tribe of Tevet is the tribe of Dan. Um, he's the child of Yaakov and Rachel's handmaid, Bilhah. Rachel was jealous of Leah, her sister, who had no problem conceiving with Yaakov. And she so badly wanted a child with him. So she gave her maidservant to him so that they could have a child together. And that would be like Rachel's child with him. Uh, this child that was born is Dan. And when Dan was born, Rachel said, God has judged me and has her- also heard my prayer. He has finally given me a son. So it said that the tribe of Dan was actually the most vulnerable to idolatry and like prohibited sexual relations, different forms of sorcery and dark energy. You know, because really the energy that the baby is born into, it really influences the general makeup and reality of the baby's life ahead. So there's definitely an underlying negative force that plays into the conception and birth of Don. And Don has the same letters as Din, which means judgment. In this, in, like, in this name, we see again the theme of judgment that frequently appears this month. And the tribe of Don represents Gavura. According to Sefer Yetzirah, Gavura emerges from the north. Gavura represents the left side, the feminine. And in Gavura, we see energies of constriction, judgment, discipline, inward focus, and strength is a symbol of the north, and Don occupies the north of Israel. So now we're going to go into the Torah portions that we read this month. In Parshat Vayigash, we see the reunification of Yosef and his brothers. And Yosef reveals his true identity to his brothers, and he really shows incredible rectification of anger because not only does he forgive his brothers who initially sold him into slavery, but he also takes him under his wings and he saves him. He truly understood that God had sent him into slavery, not his brothers. And God sent Yosef into the land of Egypt to save his family when they came. So when we understand that everything's from God and divine planning, we can truly break free of the shackles of anger that bind us as a slave. 
And we see like slavery a lot in these parshas that we read. We also see that Yehuda offers himself in place of his brothers and shows that the you know, the truth that he also did to Shuba for selling his brother. He actually feels really bad about it and he can't let his other brother, Benjamin, like get taken. So as the Torah portions continue, the whole Jewish family fully enters into the land of Egypt. That's the seventy descendants in Egypt that I was talking about, which seventy is the numerical value of the letter this month. So even though Yaakov was really well aware of the prophecy that his people would go into exile, um, he still really like feared leaving the Holy Land. But he had a vision, like many other visions, a reminder that God will always be with him and his family. And we see from this that God's always right with us through these dark times of suffering. And right before Yaakov leaves this world, he blesses each of his sons and he shares his vision for each tribe. So that's just a really beautiful thing that comes into play this month. And during Tevet, we also complete the book of Breshing and we start the new book of Shemot, book of Exodus. It's pretty exciting. And during Shemot, Yosef passes also and a new Pharaoh arises. And the Jewish people, like by this point, like, you know, next generation were really strong and mighty and Pharaoh sees this as a threat. And this is how our journey into suffering and slavery begins. So Pharaoh puts him into labor, and he made a law that all the Jewish baby boys must be killed. And that's when Moshe is hidden for three months and saved in a river. And this is like the first time in the Torah that we really see like the evil against our people as a nation. It's like, it's scary, you know, and how it's just continued to happen throughout history. It's like the first sense of exile that we really see and feel as a nation. In the Parsha, Moshe, our, our leader, is born, and he's saved by the river and grows up right in the very house of Paro. He's, like, saved to become the new Yosef that saves the Jewish people. We see here the development of Moshe becoming our new leader, and we see this process of suffering, self-doubt, and purification in order to step into his new role. So this idea of slavery and exile really gets us the question, like, what does this truly mean to be in exile? The external exile of our people, but then there's also... Um, our personal slave stories. What are we enslaved to? What are our personal exiles? In many ways, we have exiled ourselves in different forms of negativity or different physical aspects of this world. And, you know, when we experience the separation of our of our soul, that's where the real suffering comes from. So I just wanted to point that out as food for thought. Yeah, so that is all about Tevet here. And I really hope that you're able to take all these teachings and somehow incorporate these into your life and just have them being your thoughts. You know, you can meditate on the letter I in, do whatever you can to release the anger. And I'll be back next month with the spiritual energies of Shat. So hopefully that'll come sooner in the beginning of the month. But I'm wishing so much love, so much beauty, and um, so much guidance during these hard times.